Subaru has given Impreza a small sex up for 2020. Nothing outrageous, just incremental improvements. Certainly still one of my recommended mainstream small cars. Full details next. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au, the place where Australian new car buyers save thousands of their brand new cars. <laughs> Hit me up on the website for that. Now, I have spent a week in this fine Impreza you see before you, and it's the Works Burger, so fully loaded and very impressively equipped indeed. Kind of nice to drive as well, I'd have to say, and although it sits in that small car segment, notionally, it's actually not that small. So if you're inquiring about a family car, I think you're barking up exactly the right tree for most growing families. So there's that. And it is oddly liberating, I must say, to be out here in public, to the extent that this busted-ass location in Shitsville qualifies as in public. But I do fear, although I think technically I'm allowed to be here in the midst of the zombie pandemic, if I detain myself and loiter here for too much longer, a member of the constabulary will doubtless cruise on past and we will have that inevitable conversation about what do you think you're doing, mate? And that's not a real job. And I'll have to have a contrary opinion and be diplomatic, which I hate that. So if it's all the same to you, how about we repair back to the fat cave to break down the vexed issue of whether or not an Impreza is the right next new car for you. This review is designed specifically for you if you are in the market for a new car and seriously considering buying a new Subaru Impreza. Unlike a lot of online reviews, I am really not about to suck up to Subaru just so that I can get advertising revenue from them or go on their next big gig. Because basically, I'd rather be dead than do that. In my view, Impreza is quite an underrated vehicle. They should sell more Imprezas because symmetrical all-wheel drive, you know, so useful in the wet and even more so on a gravel road. Eyesight safety technology, very well implemented generally and not too intrusive. And let's not forget, it could save your life or someone else's. Additionally, because Subaru plays the game of R&D efficiency like it's some sort of extreme sport, the fundamental engineering of Impreza, and especially the hatch I'm talking here, is also the fundamental engineering of the Subaru XV, which is Subaru's small SUV. And when you look at them side by side, the XV is an Impreza hatch with added ground clearance and wheel arch flares, basically. At least, it is on fundamentals. It's got the same body, the same glass, the same powertrain, and all of that kind of stuff. So, all of the fundamental performance and refinement benchmarks that XV needed to hit in R&D are reflected in Impreza which makes it a pretty high quality small car. 
This also means the hatch is practically a wagon because SUVs are typically wagons, at least notionally, whereas cars are hatches these days. Tomato, tomato, in the case of Impreza and XV, right? The hatch is a really practical, compact load space with more than one foot in the wagon domain. So there's that. Don't worry, okay? There are things that I hate about the Impreza and we are getting to them. So, despite these pluses, Subaru managed to offload only about 4,500 Imprezas in Australia in 2019. That's versus 21,000 Kia Cerratos, 25,000 Mazda 3s, 28,000 Hyundai i30s, and 30,000 Toyota Corollas. Even the Honda Civic, which is an objectively inferior car from a manufacturer that's commercially off its meds, seemingly, they managed to outsell Impreza with Civic by more than two for one. XV outsells Impreza by more than two for one also. But I guess that's because they're almost the same price and SUVs are seen by many as being somehow the sexier proposition. Despite the fact, in this case, that they're basically clones, let's not forget. Even so, in sales, Impreza Plus XV, in sales volume, is less than the total Serato sales, or Mazda 3, or i30, or Corolla. Go figure. And I think part of that is, basically, as you step up through the Impreza range, you get more features with each increment in the model lineup, but you do not get more performance because you're always buying the same powertrain. So across the board, you get a two-litre direct-injected boxer four-cylinder engine with a CVT transmission and symmetrical all-wheel drive. And that all works quite well, but in performance, it's only adequate, just like the entry-level engines from all of those key competitors that outsell Impreza. They all kind of aspire to adequacy, and Impreza goes quite okay, but it's not about to set the world on fire, and let's face it, adequate performance is all that a lot of people need. But if you want more performance, okay, for example, Hyundai and Kia have that 1.6 turbo version of the i30 and Serato respectively, and Mazda has the 2.5 litre Atmo engine in Mazda 3, at least in the higher model grades. And these all represent a massive upgrade in performance if you are into that kind of thing. And personally, this is a box which I would tick every time. I will have that extra mumbo if that's okay with you. Not everyone's like that, I admit. Two litres is fine if you're in the adequate performance buying ballpark. See, I would love to see an Impreza that's kind of halfway to a WRX, at least in performance intent. But currently, you cannot have that. You get adequate performance irrespective of model grade. On the model grades, okay, from poverty to plush, it goes 2.0i, then 2.0i-L, then 2.0i-premium, and 2.0i-S at the top of the range. Four model grades, perfectly fine, makes complete sense, and yet, this is not what I would call them, not at all. This is, in fact, what a committee in the former USSR would probably come up with after 
several dozen meetings. It's completely not intuitive, okay? Actual effort on the part of the buyers of these vehicles is required to figure out how this Impreza hierarchy actually works, okay? And if I were going to market something in four spec levels, say, I don't know, rubber dog shit, I would start with basic entry-level rubber dog shit, and then I would step my buyers up to rubber dog shit Pro and then rubber dog shit pro plus, yes. And at the top of the range, rubber dog shit max. There would thus be no doubt whatsoever among potential rubber dog shit customers where each grade sat in respect of the others. Scratch and sniff functionality, for example, would only obviously be available in rubber dog shit max, kind of thing, just saying. Cracking the code on Impreza model grade relativity is hard work for mainstream car buyers. You know, the kind of people who don't really think about cars when they're not in the market buying one. This requires, as I said, actual effort, whereas it could just be intuitive with different names. So there's that. Anyway, with the 2.0i Poverty Pack Impreza, you get a reversing camera and a small touchscreen infotainment system, six and a half inches or something, plus an electronic park brake. But you do not get GPS and you don't get the EyeSight safety system. And this last one, okay, the EyeSight thing is a deal breaker for me. I understand why Subaru did this because it's to target the base Impreza directly at fleet buyers, and that is a segment of the market where every cent on the bottom line really matters. But if you are after a car for yourself, as opposed to your 50 employees who are out on the road, you really would want that eyesight safety system because it is very good. And when you need it, you really need it. If you spend about $2,300 more, you get yourself into the 2.0i L and you get EyeSight and a bigger 8-inch infotainment touchscreen, basically. So this is the entry level that I'd consider for a personal car purchase, okay? Forget about the base model and just go for the L. However, if you also want GPS, and let's face it, you probably do, you're going to be looking at spending another two and a half grand-ish, and you will get for that the 2.0i Premium Impreza. For that sort of spend, you're also going to get a sunroof and Subaru's Vision Assist system, which is kind of eyesight plus. And if you've got even more cash to splash than that, another two grand is going to get you into the range-topping 2.0i S, which has 18-inch alloys up from 17 further down in the range, and they're on wider tyres. They're 225s versus 205s earlier on in the range. Plus, you'll get a bunch of dead cow on the seats. <laughs> Although I'm sure the cows weren't quite that enthusiastic in respect of trim, even though they, let's face it, fairly committed to the whole project. To me, okay, Impreza 2.0i Premium, which is one grade down from the top of the range, that would be the pick for most people selecting a car for themselves. Certainly, it seems to me, it's the sweet spot for value and features. And when you go out on the road, okay, Impreza is a pretty composed vehicle and the all-wheel drive is such a plus in the wet and even more so if you drive routinely on an unsealed road, especially at low speeds. All-wheel drive makes a big difference. 
So that makes Impreza somewhat attractive to people living in regional Australia. Except, of course, for the presence of a space saver spare tyre. And personally, I hate me a space saver principally because they don't grip the road especially well, and they're also speed limited, and who wants to drive home for 300 kilometres at 80 k's an hour? However, this is the way the market is going, and I guess we all just have to suck it up like big boys. Or maybe not, you know, because I did a feasibility study on whether it's possible and or easy enough to DIY upgrade Impreza to a full-size spare tyre, and I can report happily enough, yeah, it is. I'll have details of that in an upcoming report over the next few days. If you've got basic DIY tools and skills, a full-size spare into an Impreza is easily doable, and there's only a small compromise in the load space. Now, at low speed in Impreza, you might notice a bit of driveline feedback, okay? There's a lot of rotating parts in a constant all-wheel drive system, and that feedback is only occasional and, frankly, not all that intrusive. It's a bit of mild, sort of longitudinal shunting, backwards and forwards a bit. Feels a little bit like that. Mainly, I noticed this when I was reducing throttle pressure but still powering on up a steep hill to slow down in order to stop for an upcoming intersection. And it might just be the CVT kind of rubber banding and feeding back like that. And on this, okay, I know there's a brain-dead minority out there commenting to the effect that CVTs are all shit, mate. And you are, of course, entitled to your view on this. If that happens to be yours, though, you're just wrong. Subaru CVTs are pretty slick executions of that breed of transmission, and let us not lose sight of the fact that the primary purpose of a CVT is to save fuel. Every time a CVT is turning and burning down there, it's saving you 6 to 10% off your fuel bill. And that really matters to some people. And that's compared with a conventional epicyclic automatic transmission with a torque converter. In the domain of adequate performance and kind of reasonable refinement, a Subaru CVT ticks every conceivable box. And the main upgrade for Impreza in 2020 was actually in this area. You now get this thing called SI Drive, which is basically two modes for the powertrain. You get sport and so-called intelligent. Sport, okay? That's for more responsive acceleration, and intelligent is for greater economy. It's a small but significant difference in character that you can dial in to suit your own personal driving preferences. So that's kind of nice. And all the other Impreza upgrades for 2020, let's not forget, were basically in the domain of garnish, so I'm not going to waste your time detaining you with that. Fit and finish on Impreza is pretty good, but... In-cabin noise can be a little high at times. To be fair on this, it's really only intrusive at very high throttle inputs. So lots of revs, big demand, quite noisy. But when you're just loping along in traffic, it's fine and quite a refined vehicle. The interior is, let's be equally kind, somewhat complex. I guess if you want the opposite of minimalist, you are going to love it. Impreza has a really smart USB charging layout as well, with the USB charging ports located inside the centre console bin. And they've got channels leading into the 
console area to allow the cables to come through and you to do your charging. So basically you plug in the cables in the bin, but the devices recharge outside and the lid of the bin shuts just fine. So that's kind of neat. I wish they'd done that with the Forester because it's a pretty good arrangement and it does not predispose a plugged in USB cable to the mechanical damage of the port, you know, if stuff rolls around on it. Okay, it's protected in there in the bin. There's a billion buttons on the Impreza steering wheel as well. And it's gonna take you quite a while to bookmark all of those mentally and play that sucker like a strata friggin' various. But once you do get it all, you know, bookmarked up there, it's quite well laid out and it works really well. There's also a million supplemental information displays in that display thing in the middle of the dashboard. And most of those are, I was gonna say useless, but they're really just not mission critical if your core mission is driving the damn car. They're kind of interesting, but do you really need to know that stuff? I don't think so. Eyesight can be a little like that too, you know. It occasionally flashes up these orange alerts in the center display area between the taco and the speedo. And they are pointed out to you in like eight point Helvetica extra fine and you don't generally need to know what they're telling you in any case. So, like many of these systems, eyesight does tend to intrude somewhat, over-enthusiastically, but when it's playing its main game in an emergency, like in a proper life and death situation, it might just save your life. So perhaps we should give it a free pass on this sort of minorly intrusive disposition at times. One thing Subaru does really well is the front wing mirror installation. They're stuck on the sides of the doors, low down, right? As opposed to up forward in the triangle where the A-pillar meets the body of the door, which is the preferred location of most competing manufacturers. And this Subaru version of where the mirrors should go actually reduces the visual bulk of the mirror installation right up there at the front of the pillar. And in some situations, it can significantly improve the clarity of the forward vision that you get in this region as a driver. And it can make such a difference in some critical situations. Typically, this is a real plus when you are nose up on a crest and you're looking for traffic turning in front of you, which is gonna turn across your path. Sometimes there's only a fraction of a second to check this stuff out and that clarity of vision can make a real difference at those rare times. The one thing I didn't like about spending a week in Impreza finally was the auto engine stop start system. It feels to me like one of those systems that does not use the starter motor to get the engine going again. It feels like it's shutting the engine down with one of the pistons just over top dead centre on the compression stroke and thus all it has to do to get turning and burning again is to fire that spark plug, essentially. Even so, there is a delay between you going off the brake and the powertrain being completely ready to rip, okay? And sometimes that delay is longer than I would like and also the restart detracts from overall refinement, unacceptably so in my view, considering the tiny amount of fuel it saves. It's not dissimilar to a great many other auto engine stop start systems, you know, but it's not a deal breaker either. But it is a characteristic that you are going to need to tolerate if your marriage to the Impreza is to be a happy and long one. 
it's worth remembering that when you buy a new car, okay, you're not just getting hitched to that car. You are also jumping in the sack with that brand. And here, I'm very pleased indeed to report that Subaru is unlikely to cheat on you. Meaning, they are right up there at the very top of the customer service pyramid. Subaru really does go above and beyond in respect of customer support and consumer law compliance, in my experience, even after the warranty expires. And this is such a vital aspect of vehicle ownership, which many buyers overlook in their infatuation with this car or that one. But I have to say, engaging those rational neurons and jumping in the sack with the right brand can make all the difference if there is some persistent problem down the track. In my view, you can actually trust Subaru to do the right thing, and this is one of the main factors orbiting my decision to put them on my recommended cars list. Trust is such a huge factor, and in my view, not all brands are equally trustworthy. If you want to go ahead with the Impreza, I can help you out with that. Just zip across to the website and we'll get the ball rolling on a suitably fat discount for you. And if you made it this far through the video, congratulations, you are a video endurance athlete. Yes. Thank you very much for watching.